Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio, where we discuss business, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Donia Keating, coming to you live from the Seattle area at noon Pacific Daylight Time on Friday, March 20th. Listeners, dial 646-378-0261 to chime in live. Press 1 on your keypad when you're ready to speak so we know you're out there. Uh, if you'd rather send us a comment or a question via the chat feature, we've got somebody running that, so you can open that up and go. And uh, as we said many times before, it may be a little bit wonky. We don't know, but you, you know, having a Blog Talk radio account probably makes it a little bit easier, so give that a shot. Today's topic and guest, storytelling. So storytelling nights are really gaining a lot of popularity, I mean, nationwide. So some of these are monthly events, some of them are weekly, uh, and there's standing room only crowds at some of these locations, and people get together, they talk about stories, you know, they share stories, there's a theme, uh, and there are strangers in the room, sometimes there are friends in the room as well. And, you know, I think, you know, maybe they're being seen as some kind of a backlash against digital overload, you know, where storytelling is kind of connecting people in person and, and kind of rebuilding communities in a very entertaining but poignant way, depending upon what that story is. So our guest today, Stephen Gardner, he's a journalist, but he's also the creator of Story Night in Kitsap, which is a very fun and colorful and entertaining night of true stories, true stories told by the area's best, or, you know, I guess, obviously, at least the people that are more willing to stand up and, and share details about themselves and their lives. So let's welcome Steve. Steve, hello. Are you out there? I'm here. Awesome. Yep. And I think Charles okay. is out there with us, too. Hello. Yes? Hi, Charles. Okay. So let's start with you, Stephen. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, as as you mentioned, I'm I'm a reporter. I, I work for the Kitsap Sun here in Bremerton, Washington, and uh, I've lived here for about 13 years uh, in this community. And um, uh, you know, grew up in Southern California. Lived in Utah for several years. And I think one of the things you mentioned was correct. This uh, this whole story night thing is something that is growing, or, or the storytelling nights is something that is growing. I um I don't know how much more you, more you want to know about me other than I I am a reporter but uh, uh do you kind of want me to go into the background of how this whole thing began or or you you let me know. I'll let you steer the ship here. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, absolutely. We want you to tell okay. us what made you just you decide to start Story Night. Well, obviously as as a reporter, we we are interested in stories and and uh, telling other people's stories and that and a few years back, um, I got to uh, uh, I got to talking with a, another reporter here, uh, Angela Dice. She was a reporter at the, here at the time. She no longer works here, but the we had a conversation about having some sort of storytelling night. We'd both heard the Moth uh, on NPR and uh, mm-hmm. had never been to an event like that, and we're kind of out of our league in figuring out how to make a night like that happen. And then uh, Josh Farley got Quiz Night going at the Manette Saloon. And he was excited about the idea. And finally, he was the one that kind of said, okay, how do I need to push you to get this going? And so he got me in touch with the folks at the Manette Saloon. And, and um, 
you know, it took the risk and finally got the, uh, you know, got the stuff together to do the first one. And it went pretty well. So we had three there, and then we've since moved to the uh, the Cloverleaf uh, Sports Bar and Grill uh, in Bremerton. So um, that's kind of how it started. I mean, it, you know, obviously, you've touched on a, you've touched on a lot of this already, as far as uh, some of this. But um, you know, I just think there is there is um, a great here's here's the, I guess the general concept. Um, you talked about the kind of the high tech thing, and I joke with people that. You know, one day these solar flares are going to do their job, and they're not going to, they're going to knock out the power grid, and we're <laughs> we're going to be stuck with each other, and we're going to have to figure out how to entertain right. ourselves with each other. And one of the ways we're going to do it is by telling stories to each other. Um, and it, it's not it's not necessarily a lost art. We've just found different ways to do it lately. But the ability to stand up and and tell our stories, you know, it, it helps us to you know. Uh, I think it helps us in cre- in crafting these things. There's a whole lot more background as far as you know how I got interested in this as well. But um, it's always been you know curious to me. It's always I've always admired people who could stand up and tell riveting stories without notes and and just um, you know tell them from memory. And you know I trust most of them are true. So it's um, you know it's been a lot of fun to watch this develop over the last several months. So you've done, I would say, how many have you done so far? We've done four. We've got a fifth one scheduled for uh, April 2nd uh, at the Cloverleaf. Okay. We did three at uh, the Manette Saloon, and um, we were doing them every, eh, about every other month. And then now we're, uh, we because we uh, partnered with the Kitsap Regional Library, um, we think we've got what it takes. We think we've got an audience to start doing these every month. And... Um, you know, the hardest part is always getting storytellers. That's the thing that keeps me awake at night, is making sure I have people <laughs> that'll come up on stage. So I'm always prepared to talk. But uh, so yeah, it's it's you, been growing. You Go ahead. Kitsap Regional Library. What 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 is that? What tell what's the what's the nature of the partnership with Kitsap Regional Library? Well, um, when are I they was, promotional? When, how, well, how does it? Yeah, yeah. Um, part of it is promotional. They they have. Uh, you know, they they um, it's the Sylvan Way branch, and um, working with uh, Sarah uh, Jaffa there, um, you know, the way she explains it, this is this is in alignment with their vision. You know, having uh, you know community. I mean, obviously, in a library, you've got a lot of stories sitting there on shelves. Sure. Um, so storytelling is is obviously a um, a big part of their mission. Um, where, pardon me. Where they come, they come on. They've helped us. Uh, first of all, they've helped promote like crazy. You know, the the posters we have now were created by them. They um, they helped secure some of the prizes, and and um, I think the big thing is, I mean, we we more than doubled our attendance this last time, and I I have to attribute having the heft of the library behind us um, to making that happen um, because you know it did lend some credibility rather than just you know some guy doing doing this <laughs> event um it really helped to have them behind us and it's uh um and and i mean it really showed this last time like i said we we had about 55 people at this last one attending wow and yeah um yeah i was i was blown away i got there like a half hour early and people were already there um ordering food so that was good for uh good for us and good for the cloverleaf Oh, absolutely. And so, how long are the how long are the uh, events? When you uh, an hour, two hours? Did you just go until everybody's done? How do you do it? 
Yeah, we we try to get everybody out by nine, um, or you know everybody can leave by nine. We start at seven, uh, go till about nine o'clock, and usually we we don't start right on time either because we're rounding up judges and um, and uh, yeah, because people are actually judged on their on their they don't they don't get the only feedback they get is if they actually are awarded like you know the best storyteller. And that they don't have their scores posted, and I've been to other uh, score, um, storytelling events where they do that. The Moth they actually post the score on the board right there, and everybody can see it. Um, so it's a you know a little different a little different format there, um, but it's uh, yeah it's I mean it is a competitive storytelling event, but the competitive part is really kind of fun, and I, I think it's it first of all I think it encourages people to actually try to be good, and and um second i think it's you know it's a nice plum for whoever wins it's a um you know it's a it's a nice thing but i think the biggest reward is actually just getting up on stage and and telling the story i'm i, I think most people agree that it's really gratifying to be able to stand up and and share something like that so i would imagine that you know the participants are from all types all walks of life and they just take a chance and get up there and you're saying you score them i mean what what's the criteria by which you're scoring them and you know does it create any kind of performance anxiety um i haven't heard any well <laughs> i i you know actually i should say one one person said i i think and i think she actually ended up winning that night um that she didn't know she was going to be judged um, and we make a joke of it at the beginning, uh, you know, that you think you've come to a f- friendly place. Oh no, you will be judged. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but they, uh, um, the judges, I basically tell them, you know, you give them a score of zero to a hundred. I don't really give them a lot of criteria. I say the main criteria is based on what you like. And then you're going to be looking for things like, does it, you know, does it, is it a natural flowing story? Does it go from a beginning to an end? Is it, you know, is it is it told well? Is the story itself worth telling, or you know, is it compelling? And um, and I and I, I do, the one thing I do say is that you know, make sure that it that it is based on the theme, um, or that the theme can at least in some small way apply to what they've said. It doesn't have to be completely that way. But this last month, you know, everybody's was based on luck and. I think all seven of the storytellers managed to um, managed to incorporate luck pretty pretty well into the story. It's a little it's, that, that might be an easier one to do that with. Um, we, the month before we had obsession, and it might have been a little more challenging. But we still had really good stories on that. Yeah, it was great. It was perfect for Valentine's yeah, who's Day. Going to, who's going to admit to having an obsession? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Charles, are you listening? What do you think about this? What what Steve's saying? What what obsession? <laughs> um, no, nobody no, brought I, up I, politics I, that night. No, I'm, I'm just yeah, exactly politics. There you go. Oh man, there, there's the stories. Um, I know. I think it's very interesting, and uh, the, the fact that they're judged is, is is an interesting angle on it, and that people come prepared, and you want to get people to you know not just go up there in a soapbox and say something crazy, but you know try to communicate something along a theme and. Uh, and share an experience, but you know you're getting 50 people out there. That's that's awesome, and uh, I think that's good for the community, like you say, to get people engaged in sharing, uh, and 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 sharing with one another instead of kind of like just talking at each other, which seems to happen so much these days. So I really like it. No kidding. 
Yeah, I was thinking about that when Steve said, you know, you know, people are coming out and they're sharing. I mean, some of these, obviously, I would imagine they're very personal stories that divulge a lot of personal information, and you really need to trust your audience or the group in order to do that. But, you know, once you think about how much people share on social media, I mean, anyway, uh, it, it seems like it's it's sort of a <laughs> overshare, I think the word is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, Stephen, you... So you said, okay, so you said obsession, luck. What are some of the other themes that you've had on, on the uh, the story nights? Well, see, the first one, um, the first night we did it, we were planning to do it in September, and then I looked at the calendar, and it was the first night that the Seahawks were going to play. So we said, <laughs> bail on that. We're not doing that. And it was going to be the first week of September. Right. We moved it to October, We but we kept the schooled themes. It was S-C-H-O-O-L-E-D. And, you know, this is ways that we've either – schooled somebody or been schooled, you know, been, you know, ways we've learned lessons. Um, uh, I can't, I think, oh gosh, I can't remember the second theme, but then I did say obsession and lucky. Um, uh, the, the second one, I can tell you who won. It was Alice and Laura. She, she won uh, telling a story about the Xanax club, um, which is, you know, is a really interesting piece. It's about a group of people who made an agreement with each other. I don't know how much you know about Xanax, but um, huh. I didn't know much, and she described it really well. And it's you know it's an anti-anxiety medication, but it's highly addictive, so they yeah. don't give many out uh, at a time. And so this group of people can get what can happen for some people is they can get anxious about the fact that they're down to one pill, and they don't want to take it because wow. they're afraid they'll be out of it. And she was she was just talking about this group of people that agreed. Well, look, as long as I have a Xanax, you'll always have access to one. And um, I'll, you know, I don't want to spoil the, the punchline because we do have a website with some of the stories on there, um, and you know how that that how that all got, got resolved is one of the stories that's on there. Um, that's at storynight.org. Um, if anybody's uh, interested in hearing some of the stories that we've that we've heard during these events, it it was um, so. And, and I'm sorry, I wish I could remember the theme for that one, but. Uh, I should go back and look. At any rate, the um, uh, we're trying. You know, we, you try to make a theme that is applicable for a lot of reasons. You can take a lot of stories. They're kind of um, they're kind of vague in a way. I mean, Lucky's pretty vague. Um, I think um, Distance is kind of vague, and you know, it might. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out. Distance is the theme right. of the next one. And I don't necessarily want it to tie in with the month that we're having it, um, but everyone has so far. Uh, okay, make it easy, yeah. Yeah, distance is related. You know, I picked that one because um, the Boston Marathon is that month. And, oh, you know, right. But it, it can apply to a lot of things. And as it turned out, after I picked it, I, I looked at the Moth site and, and found out that they – had picked that uh, on one of their site in one of their places, and they kind of uh, repeat themes too. So we, you know, lucky was last month, but it could come back, and uh, we'll just see. We'll see how how this continues to play out. Do people vote on topics, so you, or you just kind of pull them up? I was right. Well, at, to right? date, we after I did the first one, I I, I did a, I sent out a little um. Uh, I sent out a little survey and asked people some uh, for some themes, and they suggested some. But mostly, this for the last few months, it's mostly me just deciding it. And um, 
you know, I, I talked with Sarah Jaffa about it um, for this um, for the three months after May, June, July, and August. She and I discussed the the current list of three and and that, but it is mostly um, I don't know. I guess I'm trusting my judgment on this, and uh, hopefully it won't backfire. Um, but yeah, if I get good <laughs> ideas, I, I I like you know I like I like hearing great ideas. Um, but in you know in the end, I guess I've been making the call. Yeah, well, eventually I'm sure yeah, people will start you know feeding you. That's that's the nature of society to give you their opinion, whether you want it or not. Um, but the formats so there's no rules really, except for you know you said that it has to be a certain length, and it has to be on the topic. And then is there is there anything else that they have to do? Well, I think for me the the most important thing is that they're true, that these are true stories. Okay. Um, and I and I have been to events where I, I can recall at least one instance where I was hearing a story and I was I was thinking to myself, um, I don't believe this. I don't believe this story. I don't. But I think our true stories. For one thing, I think part of the part of the beauty of that is if they're true stories. We're more, you know, you use the word share. I may have used the word share earlier. We're more likely to share something that's um, that makes us a little vulnerable. I mean, we're we're, mm-hmm. we're vulnerable anyway, getting up and telling a story. Um, but I like the idea of people actually revealing parts of themselves and and helping us learn about each other through these things. And and I don't, you know, I don't want to sound too high-minded about this, but. Um, oh, but I, I think it is incredibly valuable for us to share our stories with each other, to, to stand up and say, okay, well, this happened. And there have been a few that have touched on, you know, issues that were, um, you know, that might have been difficult in other parts, in other moments of their lives to share. Um, our last winner, you know, uh, her name was Joe Walter. She, she, you know, shared a story of, of, how she was raised and how she got married and divorced and married again and how she had children later in life and 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 those those are things that were quite personal to her and she found a way I think that's also I think that's also a valuable part of this is in preparing for telling a story like this you know you have a story you want to tell but you have to work to create a way to to tell it in a way that works for you and works for you know any audience um, somehow we think these things are important for people to know about, or, or think they would be interested in. And, and you know, part of this is working to figure out how do I tell this in such a way that somebody will care and that I'll feel like I have shared what I needed to share. Um, and it, so, for for people telling those kind of stories, it can be a, a very um, I don't I don't know if, I don't know if cathartic is is necessarily the word. Um, and for some the some of the growth just comes in standing up on stage and telling sure. a story. And you know, and I think you know, like you said, you know, the truth is, you know, when you're telling the truth, it's a lot easier to tell because you don't have to make something up, and it tends to have a different flow. And I think what really works also is that you know, and, and I know there are a lot of people that feel like this, but when you're on social media, and I, I'm on there increasingly less over time, but it's just that you get the feeling that so many people are performing. You know, they're feeding you the best bits about themselves, and they're putting a, you know, spinning it and putting the best light on it, and and everybody's having a perfect life, and so you 
either have that or you have the other side of it where, you know, woe is me and everything's wrong. And there's no there's no in between. And I think that these uh, venues um, that you um, host give people the opportunity to be more genuine, to be more real. And then it goes back to, like you said, it has to be compelling, but you obviously don't want a 30-minute story up there. So kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the TED Talks, you know, where you, you have to find a way within X amount of slides and X amount of minutes to to really think about your story, you know, extract the truth kernels out of that, and then tell it in a very meaningful and brief and compelling way. And I think that's, you know, it, it's it's it appeals to the emotional part, like you said, and the community part. But there's a very much an intellectual aspect to that, and trying to make sure that you are, you know, it's almost like a presentation in school. So, what are some of the prizes? I mean, not that you're doing it for the prizes, but what are some of the prizes, <laughs> for an example, that you guys give, <laughs> you guys give away? Well, we give a medal to the winner. Um, and cool. last month we we it's usually gift certificates to local local places, you know places like Bremerton Bar and Grill, um, you know some of the local restaurants. Uh, we could do it for bookstores. This next month this next month we have prizes that are related to the theme distance. That was Sarah's idea. Um, it was mm-hmm. a great idea on her part. Um, so um, they're basically gift cards. Uh, to things that people use. Um, last, last month, uh, she got a C-film, uh, you know, a C-film pass for somebody, and I, and I believe um, we've had um, uh, uh, oh, Carlos's place, um, Toro Lounge. Um, oh, right, right, right. And Richie's, and and I'm a I'm a big fan of Richie's Burger Urge. So the first one I went out and and asked them if uh, they actually donated. Um, Toro Lounge did the first time, and so did Richie's and, and uh, Bremerton Bar and Grill. Um, the library's actually gone out and, and paid for Oh, and Spiro's donated some, too. I feel like anytime somebody donates something, i I got to make sure I, I mention them. But this oh, time it was actually it was, it was better this last time because, I mean, I actually like the fact that, um, you know, first of all, Cloverleaf is getting a lot of business that night. I love that. I, I mean, I love the fact that people – you know, I'm a big believer in, in gathering in a place, and somebody who's providing this place is benefiting from it too. You know, it's not Absolutely, it's yeah. not just altruism. It's you know, we're helping support a business here. Exactly, Charles. Are you still out there? What are you thinking about all this stuff? Well, I think it's pretty it's pretty neat. And uh, do you guys charge for people to come to these events, or is it just kind of anybody just shows up? I imagine you probably just kind of keep it open and just people are just donating the certificates and things like that because they like the idea? The, um, the first time I and the first time I had, uh, and I th- the first and second time I had things donated, the third time I went and bought uh, a certificate, and Kitsap Regional Library bought the uh, gift cards this last time. And, and, again, I actually, you know, I like that better because, you know, these, these businesses – you know, we'll we'll get some business. Basically, they'll get some revenue. Right. Um, as far as um, oh, do we charge? No. Um, it, it's and I think that we don't yet. And and when I say yet, basically, I think if if we ever do ask for money, it will be an ask. It won't be a it won't be a charging admission thing. Um, not 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 in the near term anyway. This thing would have to get far more popular, and there would have to be far more demand for. Uh, for us to do this right now, um, I'm most interested in having this be a thing that we can all do together, and um, and that sounds really altruistic. I'd love it if people donated, and I've got places on the website where they can. But um, right now, it's not uh, it's not really a costly. 
Well, if the library backs out, then then I might push a little harder. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. And did, yeah, yeah. But you, your primary so the clover leaf and so. But have you moved it north, Kitsap, or do you, do you even have the the bandwidth to do that at this point? Or are you still just trying to get your sea legs in your own area? Or what are some of your plans for for that? That was that is certainly um, my hope that we could move around the county. Um, and I, you know, I'd actually love to you know, see this happening. I don't know what's going on in Jefferson County, but it seems like a place like Port Townsend is a natural fit and Gig Harbor and Port Orchard oh, sure. and Paulsbo. Bainbridge has a has a, a good a good um a good program going there that um Fields End does with Bainbridge Island Story Slam. They do it about twice a year. And um they do a really good job. They they put on a nice event. And um they packed that I went they had one last week and I I went, which was what was great is we had our event the week before, and in in I MC this thing, and, and in MCing I told the story and in introducing the night, and then um, two of our storytellers and I went over to Bainbridge the next week and retold our stories there, so that was that was great. Um, it was great. It was a great opportunity to go and 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 practice our skills some more. But yeah, I'd love to see this happening all over the place. And I know that the the library, they want to um you know, they um I believe they want to expand their reach as well and and so they're interested in seeing it go to other communities uh as well. Now they obviously wouldn't be interested in Gig Harbor or Port Townsend, but um uh I am. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly, right, right. Yeah. So you know, and you've already mentioned that they recorded this podcast. Well, yeah, they're podcasts. So, do you also video them? Is that? I haven't. I haven't started doing that yet. Uh, that's a possibility. And this is where I mean, you know, if if anybody wanted to donate, I think that's kind of what we'd be looking at doing is improving equipment, because you know, I have hmm. a decent what you know, mic, a mic, a USB mic that plugs into my laptop. Um, but it would be nice to have better equipment to record these things so that. And, or, or or at least get me better at figuring out how to record it so that the sound is is crisp and clear. Um, uh, and actually, videotaping wouldn't be that difficult to do. I just haven't really set it up to have somebody do it. That actually it would probably be an easy thing. Um, it, it you know the, it doesn't it doesn't require the best video quality uh, to show somebody giving a talk uh, standing on stage in one place. In front of an audience, it really wouldn't be that hard to do. So that's that's an option that we would consider. Yeah, and I, and I think that it might be, it might be ideal because I think people respond more to um, visual to video. Yeah, so being yeah. able to see it. Yeah, well, this is kind of YouTube. No, I'm, world. I'm a, I mean, you know, you can <laughs> you could see somebody's child eat a banana, and then next thing you know, it's on the front <laughs> page of Yahoo. It's kind of it's kind of weird that way, but. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a I'm then, a podcast. Yeah, I'm a podcast consumer, but you know, when I talk to people about podcasts, I get blank stares. So I I don't, <laughs> you know, I figure I'm the only one, but like you say, everybody knows about YouTube. So it may be maybe, maybe exactly. that's the way to do it. Yeah. 
You know, it's it's interesting because I mean, we've had even this podcast, I and mean, we started it as kind of a project. I think it was last July or something like that. And yeah, we had no expectations, but you know, we've gone as far as twelve thousand downloads, and then you know, per episode, and then there are some where there are even less. And but it's it's the like you said, the deer in the headlights. Like, what's a podcast? I don't have time to sit at my computer and listen to this. And then you say mm-hmm. to them, well, you don't have to sit at your computer and listen to this. You can listen to this wherever you are in your car, on your phone. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's. It's kind of like the radio when you're driving. You just pick something that you enjoy listening to or whatever, and you can just listen to it. It doesn't matter where you are. So I think that being able to go around and hear someone's story on a podcast, I mean, video would be certainly an added plus, but it's portable. Exactly. Um, one of the things I, I one of the things I like about the podcast format is, you know, I could videotape just the talk itself. And um, if you go, uh, like, if you go to the Moth uh they they do that pretty well. Um, the moth dot org, I think it's dot org. Anyway, I don't need to pitch for them, do I? But they, but they're kind of they're kind of the kingpins of this whole of this whole thing. And you know, honestly, if if they were willing to come into a smaller community like Bremerton, I wouldn't need to do what I'm doing. But um, I I really enjoy doing this. But anything going back to the the podcast, um, it's nice because. In the in in the in the ones that I've done, I've had an interview with people and asked asked the, asked them questions about their their story and asked you know asked them about you know what what did you leave out of this story? What did you have to cut? And you know what what is some other context that's missing and and that kind of thing. And it's nice to be able to give them an opportunity to expand. So you've got the the five minute the five minute um, you know that they figured were the jewels of the story. And then you get to learn some other things, and and one of them was the first, the very first episode uh, was Rosie Farley, who's Josh Farley's wife. Uh, Rosie won the, she's won twice now, um, and and wow. she's an interesting story for another one, but for another reason. But one of the things she revealed in the interview was really just, you know, in relation to the story she told, it was it was a really a fascinating bit of information that it would you know clearly it wouldn't have fit within the 5 minutes but it made the story all that more um all that more interesting it made the entire story all that more interesting it kind and of reminds me of these shows that are yeah that like the voice or whatever it is where you you get to see the performance i forget what show it is it may be something else oh, that's, that X-Factor, yeah that's I think it. it is and so you, yeah. you have the performances, but before you get to see them come out there, there's this whole thing that they've done offline to tell their story and how they got there and all this other stuff. And it really does add something to the performance. So you know, like you said, you're, I mean, you're doing your podcast and you're recording the event, but what if, you know, whether it's the winner or whether it's a, a set, you know, contestants or whatever you want to call it, we get some background on them, and then it kind of pulls you in not only in person, but for people that can't get to the events and that want to follow, quote-unquote, the show, the story night show, because we haven't been able to get there, have we, Charles? We really wanted to go, but it's like, uh, it never works out. Yeah. We, we're we're pulled a lot of different ways, but then, you know, you wouldn't want to have all 250,000 people in Kitsap showing up at the same event. So we have to have different events for different strokes of people. <laughs> well, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephen, no, that's one of those are, things where I mean, they say that. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You finish your thought. No, I, I was just going to joke. That's one of those things where they say it'd be a nice problem to have, but I think two hundred fifty thousand people would be. Yeah, that would be too big of a problem. 
<laughs> that would be a nice show, though. <laughs> yeah, what? But, so, what are you, what are some of the most? I mean, do you have any that you, the most humorous? Maybe some sad or shocking stories. I mean, what are some of the ones that have really stood out for you, or that you can share? Because they're public anyway, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, Rosie's first story was about a teacher she had when she was at a school in um, in Japan. Uh, she went to an American school. Her parents taught at an American school in Japan, and um, it was about a teacher who had this uh, basically kind. Of, I don't want to say illicit, but it was it was like this underhanded scheme to make money off the kids by making them buy his paper. And if you didn't use his paper, he would mark your grades down. Um, wow! And he was, and he was using he was using the school copier to make his paper too. It was, and 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 she was an eighth grader. So how she responded and all of that that was really funny. Uh, a friend of mine got up and told a story about how um, when he was living in Hawaii, um, uh, he was his father. Uh, worked in shipping, and there was somebody from from a, uh, a Middle Eastern country that actually offered his father uh, money for his son. Um, you know, and so the point of his story was saying, you know, people say, you know, how much they're worth. I actually know how much I'm worth, and uh, he did a really good job telling that story. And and I thought Allison's wow. story about the Xanax Club was was really well done. Um, and Josh has, has, has gotten up and he talked about his grandmother who um, had a hard time forgiving the Japanese um, for taking her husband away during World War II, but was this uh, just amazing uh, grandmother to him. And so you get personal tales like that um, to things like, I don't know, last month we had um, another a fellow reporter here talk about you know all the strokes of luck that happened to to get her out here. Um, I I you know I tend to like all of them. I you know I had some you know the there was a story and I I don't want to give too much detail because the story that got the lowest score this last time I was listening to it uh, you know because I I we do these things in between the the each each um, each story and and so I'm kind of preparing during the stories I don't always get to hear them. And so recently, I uh, just this last week, I got to hear the last month's story night, and I heard this story that, like I said, got the lowest score, and I was like, I really like that. I was, you know, I was really actually impressed, you know, and I could see where the storyteller had taken different elements and um, and made it made it sing well. It wasn't, the, I mean, it wasn't the best crafted story, but you know, this is the thing. I I, I love that people are willing to stand on stage. And and share of themselves and 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 talk about themselves. One of the storytellers last month talked about how one of the reasons she got up there was because she's been reading a book on vulnerability, and she thought, well, what a mm. better way <laughs> than standing up, and, right, right, and and being willing to to let it all out there. So, um, wow. yeah, I just I just think that I I think you know you get to know a part of your community that you didn't. Um, that you didn't know before, and you get to consider things, and so much, you know. I, you know, I think Charles, you mentioned that you know we're talking at people all the time in these things, and uh, in um, in regular life and online, and you know, you get if you look at Facebook, you're getting memes sent back and forth to each other, and 
somebody taking something out of context and making a point, and somebody taking something else out of context and making a point and arguing and, and all within the safety of our computers and that. And here we've got people just standing up on stage and sharing pieces of themselves, and it's a lot more... Um, it's a lot more thoughtful, and and I, I I think it's, you know, you may be on to something, don't you, about the the whole idea that the reason this kind of thing does take off is because, um, whatever whatever a story night delivers is something that we all need and we all benefit from. Yeah. And, I, you know, I have to say that, you know, you, you, we t- keep talking about social media and Facebook, and I have a very interesting – I mean, I'm not exactly the easiest person to, to be close to in the first place, and so there's my story. <laughs> Five seconds. No, but <laughs> but <you know, laughs> but I think the other thing is that, you know, in terms of how I use Facebook now, I mean, the whole dynamic – I mean, I'm very much a one-on-one person, and I like to have that – you know, face-to-face. I mean, I can do the tech stuff easy as, you know, as pie because I know that I'm a tech person and I'm a geek in a lot of ways. But even something as simple as, like you said, people talking at each other, the memes, the arguments, everything being misinterpreted, I'm one of those people that would rather unfriend somebody that I know and like and basically say to them, it's time for us to go back to 3D. You know, it's time for us to take this back a few notches and make a little bit more effort to connect with each other over coffee or in person or at some event or whatever because something's being lost here and I'm not enjoying your the experience of you on my Facebook. And yeah. to be able to say that with people, I mean, it's very difficult to have a straightforward conversation with someone like that because they're like, you unfriended me. You don't like me anymore. And it's like, no, I actually, I absolutely still like you, but I don't like you on Facebook. And so it's important for me to get back to our version, you know, to use your, your um, subject, to get back to our version of Story Night and try to reconnect on a level that's more meaningful. And then if you want to revisit reconnecting on Facebook, that's fine. But everything doesn't have to happen on Facebook. Yeah. And there's, that's one kind of my... there's one other thing about that, you out too. There? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. out there. I oh. wanted to say, when people share a lot of stuff about Facebook, it's often not about them. You know, it's often, here's what I think about, you know, what's going on in Ferguson, the 1800 story about Ferguson. And at a certain point, okay, I understand its importance, but I've heard enough about it. Now, if you're sharing something that's meaningful about you as a person that can relate to the human condition, I mean, I think that's what Story mm-hmm. Night's about. Tell me about your story about luck. Okay, well, then that's something more meaningful. Now, you know what? Two things would happen. One, people would post a hell of a lot less if they had to actually share something meaningful and substantive and it's about them instead of just parroting about something that's going on in the world. And I think it would just totally change. And maybe over time, you know, that will evolve. I think we're we're still evolving how we use social media and how we communicate online. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for seeing more change going down the down the pipe. That makes sense. So, Stephen, what are some of the big, biggest lessons that you've learned, not just about the project, but the human dynamics, like you said, and, and getting involved with other people? And, and if you had a chance to start this whole project all over again, would you do anything differently? Or, well, I think the first thing I would do is is have started it like three years ago, and <laughs> and gotten the ball the ball rolling. Because once it, you know, I mean, it is it is a lot of work, but I I think. I trust that at some point we're going to get to a point where it's a I don't want to say self-sustaining because I'm always going to have to push it and you know I'm, I'm probably, you know, sadly always going to have to fret about 
okay, are we going to have enough storytellers? Are we, gonna, you know, because that's that's the big draw, you know. And do I have a story in case we don't? And 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 those kind of things. And and so preparing backups that that may be a forever issue. Um, but it, I, you know, would I would I do anything different? Um, I. You know, I like the way things have gone. This is the other part of that. It's like if I would have started it three years ago, um, I might not have had the, you know, it was through um, uh, Rebecca at the Manette Saloon. She's the one that suggested I get a hold with the Sarah at the library um, because they have some events there. And so, you know, maybe the timing has been perfect. Um, I, I, I think that we're continuing to learn as we go. Um, we we do some things that that work and don't work and and it's great to you know there's a little bit of a vulnerability on my part as well because sometimes I'll go up there and we do it you know we do a trivia thing as part of the as part of story night and it's based on the stories that are told and haven't quite nailed down how to make that work really well it's been fun but I keep thinking we've got to figure out a way to do this better. And so this time I've just turned it, um, Sarah volunteered, um, you want us to do the trivia part? And I'm like, yeah, just take it. Would you figure out a way to make this work? Because I think it's a valuable part. And so there's lessons there where you you realize, um, you know, having the collaboration of somebody else is just so, so critical. Um, I've just been, I've just been, I guess, gratified with, you know, the the thing that scared us at the beginning was, you know, how can we make this work? How can we get a group of people to go? Well, part of it is getting the right group of people on your side that are supportive and really like the idea. And Josh Farley is a big part of that, Josh and Rosie. Um, and now, you know, we, because of the library, we've got other people, you know, that are, are being supportive that we wouldn't have been able to reach. And I, I just, I, I don't I don't know what it, I don't know about the the question what I would do differently. It's just the the, the stuff I've learned. It's you know it, it is such and you know this because you you guys have put stuff and events together and and this kind of thing and and it is such a cool. I'm just going to say from a personal standpoint, it is such a thrill and such a rush to watch something come together and go off mm-hmm. successfully. Mm-hmm. It is so cool. Yes. And and to have people, it is, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, I mean. The, no, no, no. I'm gosh. listening. Yeah, this, I, I, we're 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 having a Vulcan mind meld over that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially this last time, you know, I was looking out over the room, and people are laughing, people are eating, you know. So, oh. the, you know, the clover leaf. I'm like, okay, cool. The clover leaf people are going to be happy, you know, and and you know, the people are really uh, the fact that people were willing to just gather over this thing. I don't know. I just, you know, I've always liked the idea of getting people together. I don't know if you guys know who um, A. Bartlett Giamatti is. He used to be, I think he was the president of Yale, or he might have been the president of the Yale Law School. I know him because he was the commissioner of baseball and for a year, and he had a heart attack and died. Um, but he was a yeah. really cool presence as commissioner of baseball and one of the things he used to always say is that people, you know, and one of the reasons I think he was attracted to baseball is because people gather together to go watch this. And, and baseball, more than many other sports, is more of a um, a get-together kind of a, you know, you go to a football game and it's all, uh, 
I don't know. And I got nothing against – well, I shouldn't say I got nothing against football, but it, it's a di- different <laughs> atmosphere at a football game than than it is at a baseball game. You know, baseball is more of a – you feel more – I don't want to – more of a relaxed community, I guess, is the thing. You're there because you – you know, you kind of you go to the park and you're watching this game. His thing was, you know, people need to gather more. And this was before we had cell phones, or they were just coming right. out. Um, but you know, yeah, people looking to get. Yeah, right. go it, ahead. No, you're right. I mean, and, and it, it, there is a different feel to different uh, activities, I should say. I mean, you, you, I think about baseball, and it, it's just you know, somebody has some great advertising because whenever I heard it years and years and years and years ago. It is still in my head. So whenever I think about baseball, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. So it was a Chevrolet yeah. commercial, obviously. Yes. But it's yeah. like every time I think of baseball, every time I go to a baseball game, I mean, this has been like a ritual in my crazy brain since that time. But whenever there's anything associated with baseball, that goes through my head. You know, yeah. and, and and so it's really a, an all-American pastime that has a totally different energy than the grr, you know, clinch this, you screwed up in football, you know, or even some of the, the, the my version of football, soccer, or whatever, that gets very intense. And you know what else is like that? I think rugby like is like that for me. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they have no covering or whatever, it's a very, and Charles, you can attest to this too, I mean, the, the the sport itself with the way that they are with one another helping each other up when they fall it, there's just a lot of camaraderie in that sport that just comes through with the people that are watching it so yeah you know the fact that you got the story night i, I was going to say different different sports definitely have different tenors yeah. and 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 contribute to themselves a different type of fan base i mean baseball's a much slower, more methodical game. It has its points where it goes fast, but then there's a lot of time when, you know, the, the teams are switching out and things like that. We don't get that on the on the TV so much, but when you're sitting there in the audience, it's, it's the participation in the stadium that's the game, you know, mm-hmm. to me. And, you know, yeah. oh, oh, look, there's a base hit. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. What's the person over here doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy. No, exactly. yeah, what are they doing in the audience? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, look, they did something over there. Oh, look, oh, there's a kid, there's a hit, there's a hit. Okay, you know, okay, back to the stands. You know, I think and you I know, football imagine, and some of the others you know, are different. And I would Go imagine, ahead. like, you know, with Stephen and the story night, I mean, to be able to pull together an event that in all ways has an underlying thread of positivity. There is nothing remotely negative about the intent or the energy of trying to pull off a story night. I mean, you're really trying to bring people together for something that is good and positive and uplifting, and to look across a room, a sea of faces that are interested, that have opted in, um, that are helping um, businesses by buying food and drink and coming together, that are saying, you know, essentially to that person on the stage, we are here to provide you with, you know, for lack of a better description, a sacred space um, so that you can share and and compete and do whatever it is you need to do regarding a very personal experience and a very personal story. And for you, Steve, to be in the audience or wherever you sit and filming it and knowing that you've pulled that together, I mean, I'm surprised you don't go home high every time you've finished an event <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it is cool. It is cool the night after one. Well, I mean, it's great while it's going on, but it is, you know, as stressful. Um, and and this isn't this isn't like, you know, this isn't high stress, but as nervous as I get about any individual night, yeah, it really is a rush once it's over. Um, uh, during the event, for sure, it's a lot of fun, but once it's over, to to have known that it that it went off and people got together 
and um you know my family was a was a was a family of chatters you know we would sit and talk about whatever and when my you know as my parents age and my brothers and I would get together with them and we'd sit around and just talk and 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 about different things and some of us were better at it than others within the family but we all seemed to have something you know something to say and you know on some level um i think something like a story night or the moth or the bainbridge island story slam or my um my facebook friend and i i don't he's not a friend he's a facebook friend <laughs> in utah who does a thing called mm-hmm. the porch and and all these other places i think that kind of keeps that spirit alive in a in a in a public way um i hope to anyway i hope that's i hope that's what's happening you know and frankly a lot of the reason is that i i love i've i've had to admit lately that i like being on stage and and i had a hard time admitting that um hmm. because yeah because i have a you know it's kind of like my belief you know i cover uh, I, I cover a lot of politics and I, I i have this joke that anybody who actually wants to be president really should be kept from the job because I, right. you know, it's like there's something wrong with somebody who who wants that much attention, <laughs> who wants, you know, to take that on, to think, oh, I I have to be the one. Now, there's obviously something. Somebody has to do it, and somebody has to stand up and say, why not me? You know, the Russell Wilson, why not me? Um, at this, you know, it's, um, gosh, I for, at the same time, you know, it's it there's um. There's, I, I feel like there, you know, going back to feeling like there's something wrong with that. Um, I'm joking about it, but not always joking about it. And this actually goes back to when I was in high school. I ran for student body president, and um, I look at that experience, and I, I look at what was motivating me to do it, and I look at all the weaknesses in me that dem- you know, that motivated me to run for office, and and that kind of thing. It was a great learning experience. Um, to go to keep that kind of thing in check, and it kind of made me gun shy about this whole notion of wanting to be on stage. But you know, just recently I realized, man, there are a ton of people who love being on stage, and I don't look down on them. And, right. and so it's it's a lot. You know what? Some of us like it, some of, and want to get better at it. And that was part of the reason I wanted to do it. Is like, yeah, I just kind of like I want to get on stage a lot, and so let's get this thing going. But the bigger part of it, the bigger, you know, the thing that's come out of it is is the joy. And like I say, I know you guys know this um, through stuff that you've done. The joy that comes from watching all these other people there enjoying it, too, for whatever reason they might enjoy mm-hmm. it, having a great time, getting whatever out of it they do. And, you know, being able to pinpoint, you know, just the, or pinpoint, you know, this person's happy there because they love the stories. They love being out with people. These guys are making money, you know, whatever it is. It's it's nice to be um I, I guess it's it's nice to be part of something like that. So um contributing to the richness. I think, you know, and there are some there are obviously some negative aspects and, and some some people that want the stage for all the wrong reasons, but there's certainly something to be said for you know, sometimes you're on the stage because you're just the person that decided to take on the, the task, and and that yeah. comes with part of it's part of the job. But I would say, at least for myself, and I know for Charles, I mean, being on the stage is completely secondary, if not even lower on the rung, 
than being able to provide and pull together an experience that impacts so many other people. And I think sometimes people mistake the fact that you're always on the stage for, you know, believing that you always want to be there, but sometimes it's just like I said before, it's just it's just a part of the, you know, the the um it's it's a fringe benefit. I mean, I guess if you want to look at that that way, but it's just a part of the package. And so I look at you 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 know just what you just shared about not wanting to be on the stage and yet in a lot of ways you're covering so many people that are on the stage or you're putting them on the stage by virtue of your your job as a journalist and a reporter and yet at the same time it puts you front and center too because you're the byline so you kind of found a way to be on the stage or not be on the stage which i think is very yeah. clever of you no <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> i've had that thought myself so yeah yeah, I agree. So let's talk. Uh, so let's we're we're wrapping up really soon here. So let's go to the give us your URL again. Give us the Facebook page or any other ways that you want us to keep track of what you're doing. And then let's talk again about what's coming up in, on April second. Okay. So um, storynight.org is where some of this um, where you can hear some of the uh, past stories. I've got four of the past stories and and, and another story that I did myself um, on that page, and I plan to add more soon. And it also will have updated announcements about when the events are there. Um, and you can you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It's Story Night. It's just called Story Night. Search for it. There's a blue page with a microphone and a yellow Story Night on it. Um, that should help you find it. Uh, on Facebook, uh, we have a page, Story the Story Night page, and that's where I'll announce dates and things like that for upcoming events and. Other pieces of info, such as, you know, for this next one, uh, I want to give precedence to the first, I need storytellers. And so the first six that sign up are guaranteed a spot on stage. Because if we run out of time, we can't we can't have everybody. So um, I want to give precedence to the first six who will, who will commit to uh, standing on stage. Um, so that's one of the things I'm announcing on there and here. Um, the page is called Story Night. I think... Um, uh, I think if you just search for it, that's probably the best way to, to do it because the address used to be something related to something else and we can't really change it. Um, KRL will also have information about it. Um, there is an event invite that's on the Story Night page on Facebook right now. And so okay. you can find out about our next event, which is 7 o'clock, April 2nd, at the Cloverleaf um, Sports Bar and Grill. And it's in their um, it's in their it's in their big room. It's in the big banquet room. And the theme of the night is distance. Um, get okay. there early so you can order food. Uh, their specials that night: four dollars off a 16-inch pizza and uh, three dollars for a, a glass of house wine. Um, they got other stuff if you don't like that stuff. And um, I, and I'm told the food was really good. I, I didn't get to eat this last time, but. Um, uh, I guess I was too nervous or um, just didn't even think about looking at a menu. And um, uh, that's what's up. Uh, April 2nd is the next one, and I'd love to have you come out. It, um, people people seem to be digging it. What, and, and what what makes me happiest is when people come back. That That's that's pretty cool. That's a sure sign. And it's all <laughs> ages, correct? It's, all, it's family friendly, so, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I want to I want to hedge on that because I don't tell anybody they I, I don't I don't. Yeah, that is an all ages room, and so I think but, I need to I I think I need to warn our storytellers. Look, people might bring kids here, so just know that. And when people bring kids, oh. I kind of I, 
I, I, I warn them. I, we haven't had anybody say anything too out of line, but I went to a moth event once where I heard a story that I wouldn't want kids to hear. So, um, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think we'll we'll leave it as it is right now and hope that um, I'll I'll just keep warning the storytellers. Be be conscious of the fact that we do have we might have kids here, so. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so you heard it here. Any uh, last comments from you, Charles? We've got about a minute. Uh, no, that sounds like a good wrap. All right, I guess it does sound like a good wrap. So going to take a moment here to uh, thank Stephen Gardner and uh, Charles, both of them, for being such gracious hosts, along with all of you for tuning in. Listen to the podcast here, obviously, on iTunes, and we're also quote-unquote syndicated on Stitcher and TuneIn. There's our Facebook page, Straight Talk Radio, but uh, straight is spelled S-T-R-8, then Talk Radio. So this is Donya Keating. I'm signing off at about 12.55 Pacific Time on Friday, March 20th. Enjoy your weekend. See you next time.